Are you looking for a new way to play fantasy sports? Well, we've got you covered. Welcome to Champions Round. Welcome back to the Champions Round Show. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Michael Grandinetti. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jason. I uh, can't wait for another week of football. Um, I just, I'm excited. I had a, a rough weekend this past weekend in one of my main matchups, so I'm excited to to kind of turn the corner and get things back on track, but uh, just excited for another week of football. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. What happened in that matchup? So I came on the show, I think it was a, a two shows ago, a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Football, just on the highest of highs from an epic comeback I had on Monday night. And I think I had pretty much the complete opposite experience this past Monday. I was uh, going up, or I think I was up by one point. So it was a close matchup going to Monday night. But I had I had Zeke, and the only guy on the other team was Buda Baker. And in my league, the IDP players, they a good game I would say is five points. I'd say they averaged between three to five points. And we did that intentionally so that the the defensive players don't take away too much from the offensive players. So Buda Baker has a sack, an interception, I think 10 tackles had just, he was all over the field. Zeke, obviously two fumbles, Dallas Cowboys looked completely awful and I ended up losing my matchup. So it was a, it, it was a bitter Monday night to say the least. I've been there before and yep. I, uh, I had a couple of my own this week. Honestly, I had a, I had, Zeke and Andy Dalton, and I needed 30 points on Monday night. Oof. And so I projected for around 40 Arizona defense. I was thinking that I was okay. Obviously, I was worried about you know, Dalton being able to get it going a little bit. But uh, I thought, you know, I, Zeke's probably going to get a touchdown. What I didn't realize is that Dak not being there limits Zeke's value so much. Because everyone's going to stack the box. Dalton's terrible. I guess we'll, this leads right into our the um, our first segment tonight, which is if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you're one in five at this point. You haven't covered. Sorry, you're two and four. I forgot that they won against Atlanta. <laughs> you're you're two and four. You sit, I guess, currently in first place in the NFC East. Which Technically, I guess. I mean, by default. Yeah. Um, so you have a chance. You've gotten a game and a half out of Andy Dalton at this point. It uh, doesn't look good. And there's, you know, problems in the locker room. The players are already complaining about Mike McCarthy. Um, would this be something, is it worth exploring a trade for a quarterback? You're getting up against the trade deadline. And you said today in Miami, two is in, Fitz is out. And I don't know if Miami would be even willing to entertain a Fitz trade. But if you're Dallas... I mean, isn't that intriguing to you? I'm wondering if Dallas should try and make a move for a quarterback at this point. You know, you're being pretty polite to uh, to Dallas right there. You said it doesn't look good, and whew, it, it sure does not look good. And it, it's a great question. What should Dallas do here? I mean, the the goal to start every season, and, and most teams will say it's to win a championship, but before you can win a championship, it's to win the division and get in the playoffs. If you can't win the division, it's get in the wild card round and just get in and see what can happen. Now, with that said, even though Dallas, if the playoffs started today, they would be in it, and they would be hosting a home playoff game in the first round. I I don't think I make the trade, which is crazy, because you think you want to just go for it. But I think the front offices also need to have a pulse on their team, and I don't think a trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick or any other 
a decent quarterback is the answer or the missing piece for them to get back on track and look like even a competent football team because they've just looked so far from that already through this season. And I do think Monday night, and I'm curious to get your thought, thoughts on this too, I think Monday night was the perfect storm of of just everything that could go wrong went wrong. I mean, the Cowboys certainly didn't help things. Zeke with his two early fumbles, bad throws by Dalton, drop passes by Gallup and others. They definitely shot themselves in the foot, but I also thought they had some bad luck too with Zach Martin going down early. I mean, their their offensive line is already beat up and battered. It's a makeshift offensive line, and sure enough, Zach Martin leaves in the first quarter. They had that really questionable non-call on the first drive of the third quarter. It looked like Drake Kirkpatrick uh, should have got um, a penalized for a, a, a pass interference and a legal content, contact at the very least. That resulted in an Andy Dalton touched uh, interception, and uh, everything just kind of went downhill. So I, I don't think Dalton's as bad as what we saw on Monday night. I actually still somehow don't think the Cowboys are as bad as we saw on Monday night, but it is it is really interesting. And and it's been the narrative so far coming out of that game that when you don't play, usually your value doesn't go up. And Dak's value has sure skyrocketed here in the last four or five days. I mean, it, we he might be the, a different guy that we actually anticipated him uh, being w- with with the loss um, with Dallas not having him out there. So I don't think I trade for Fitzpatrick, but it is definitely an interesting question because technically they got a chance to make the playoffs. Man, I think that. Anytime you have the chance to make the playoffs, you have to go for it. Whether getting Fitzpatrick or not is going for it is a different story. Um, I think that we've seen enough from Dalton in his last time in Cincinnati to know that he's not the same guy he was at the beginning of his career. And he doesn't really have the downfield passing game that he used to. He's also behind a bad offensive line right now. Um, so it's hard to peg too much on him. The problem that I have with for Dallas is that a defense doesn't look like it's going to get much better. Like they're they're not all that banged up. They're just bad. And Mike Nolan's a terrible defensive coordinator. And I guarantee that Mike McCarthy's not going to change that mid year. It's not something that he's going to do. So you're going to play in these high scoring games. You're not winning the high scoring games with Andy Dalton. It's not happening. So do you want to get a guy like Fitz who is going to he's probably going to win you a lot of games? And he, he's shown that even behind bad offensive lines. He's going to be able to throw the ball down the field. That's exactly what they have with the three wide receivers. You open up everything underneath. Uh, do you want to go that route, or do you want to play conservatively since you've already had this capital put into Andy Dalton, but you thought that you would have a different defense, and honestly, you didn't think that you would need him. Uh, now you're exposed. Uh, I would probably look to make a move for Fitzpatrick, at least make a call on it. If it's a fifth-round pick or sixth-round pick, Sure. Why not? There's nothing to lose there. Uh, it is tough to bring in a quarterback mid-year. This is not like baseball where you just plug and play right. or basketball even. So that's like that's the biggest holdup, I guess, for me. You can't just plug in a quarterback, but I don't think Dalton's going to do it. And if you think you have a chance to make the playoffs, I, I don't know who else is out there that you would want. Maybe someone who played under McCarthy uh, in Green Bay, but they're using Callum Moore's system, so maybe that doesn't really make sense. I don't really know, but I know that Andy Dalton isn't the answer. Well, you know, you brought up two interesting points there. Uh, one is is trade value and what kind of value does Fitzpatrick have? What kind of draft capital would the Cowboys have to give up uh, to bring in a guy like that? If it's a fifth and sixth round pick, then sure, you know, it's probably worth a flyer. But also integrating him into the offense, 
uh, with especially with the quarterback position, it's not exactly plug and play. So even with the trade, you're still looking at Andy Dalton for probably at least another, I mean, one to two weeks, I'd say at the very least. So uh, it is an interesting question. I agree. Usually, you know, if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you go for it. But you also don't want that hint that to handicap your chance of uh, of being successful in the future. Um, as I mentioned, I think having a pulse on your team and the, the roster construction and the talent there is pretty important. And tanking has a, 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 a bad narrative behind it, but I actually think it, it tends to work. I mean, it's pretty amazing what uh, Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins are already doing here in just year two, I believe, under him. So um, I, I don't think Dallas wants to really give up too much draft capital because I think they're going to need those picks to kind of retool the, the team moving forward. But like you said, if it's fifth or sixth rounder, you could take a flyer on a guy that can maybe win you some games, get you in the postseason. That's not a bad option there. Yeah, and we're not saying take a you know a fifth or a sixth on a flyer like a Josh Rose right. or something like that. Like Fitz is a proven commodity in multiple different systems, so I don't think that it would take him that long to get involved and to figure it out. They can also tailor a lot of things to him. It's not that hard to, I mean, routes are routes at the same time, right? So it's not like they have to change the entire playbook. He's old, he's smart. He went to Harvard. This He'll is figure true. It out quickly. And he's got all the weapons uh, so, to work with in the world. So if there's a place where you think a quarterback could go and just be successful kind of right, right away, you think it'd be Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I would definitely be something that I would explore. Um, so speaking of trades, it is officially trade season from a fantasy perspective and the NFL perspective. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about this week was looking at my fantasy teams. If I had to pick one of my guys, like – who do I want to get traded? Um, so I want to pose the question to you. If you had like one of your guys on your team, who's the one guy from one of your fantasy squads that you want to see be, be traded and into what situation would you like to see him go? You know, I'm actually going to kind of continue the conversation we just had. I'm going to stick with Dallas and I'm going to go Michael Gallup. Uh, you know, they're probably not going to make the move because as we mentioned, they're technically in first place and could still end up getting to the playoffs. But he seems to be like the odd man out there as far as the big three wide receivers are concerned. I mean, uh, Amari just got his big contract. They're not moving him. They just drafted C.D. Lamb in the first round. He's wearing number 88 there in Dallas. He's not going anywhere. And I think Michael Gallup is a guy who, I mean, it's probably the best wide receiver number three in the entire league. And I think he'd probably be a wide receiver two on most teams and arguably a wide receiver one. Uh, depending on where he lands. So I, I think it's, we're talking about draft capital and the in Dallas rebuilding. I don't think they will do this because they're not in the position to, to be sellers quite yet. I think if maybe they had one win now or even one over, maybe it'd even be a different conversation. But I love to see Michael Gallup get traded. And I think Green Bay is just the perfect landing spot for him. They're in need for that wide receiver two to complement Devontae Adams. The conversation since the draft has been excessive now to the point uh, where I, I'm sure Green Bay fans are annoyed about hearing the name Jordan Love, but it, it's it's a reality. It's a fact of life there that they didn't go out and get Aaron Rodgers a weapon in the draft. They didn't draft one of those guys. And now you got a guy like Michael Gallup out there on a struggling team. If you could maybe send a, a second or a third round pick for Gallup, I think Dallas would be interested in that. It's interesting. Um, I, I definitely don't believe that in any way, shape, or form, the Gallup is going to be on the block, but that's, I mean, a perfect landing spot, and if you have Gallup on a couple of teams, um, that would be a, an awesome place for him to go. Uh, I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, one is, I have a lot of J.K. Dobbins stock, 
So if they could trade Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards, that'd be that's awesome. That's interesting. Trade away another guy to free up some uh, running room for your guy. That's another exactly. good strategy. So not, not, trading, not trading one guy to a team, yeah. And I mean, Ingram's a little hurt right now, so we'll see what Dobbins' upside is. And I'm sure Gus Edwards will take all of his carries. But Dobbins is the, guy, the most talented back guy in that backfield right now, at least to me. And he's not getting enough play, and it's hurting all of my teams, and they need to figure it out, or else I'm, I'm going to scream. <laughs> um, uh, another guy I'd like to see go, Kenyon Drake. Open up all my opportunities for Chase Edmonds. That is not happening after his 70-yard touchdown run that I'm sure won 18,000 people yep, fantasy leagues absolutely. on Monday night. Um, the Green Bay one is interesting, and also like to, to Green Bay and to Philadelphia. Any wide receiver who's available on the block to one of those two places, I feels like a smash spot from a fantasy perspective. Um, and I'm not really sure who's going to be on the block right now. There's not a whole lot of sellers. Maybe like, like let's imagine this scenario for a second. The Jets, uh, obviously the worst team in the NFL. They're probably going to tank. Their best wide receiver is James right. Crowder. Uh Crowder on the Eagles in a uh, slot position, probably going to get a lot of opportunities. And it probably doesn't cost all that much. He's probably like a third round pick, maybe fourth round pick. Like that's a, a very interesting, uh, realistic trade that I think would have huge fantasy upside for not only Crowder, but I think it would make the Eagles a lot better and also even uh, balance them out a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that would be a perfect fit for the Eagles, for Green Bay. I mean, Crowder can play. Uh, even He puts up numbers in for the New York Jets with nobody throwing him the ball. So um, you plug him into that Philly offense, Doug Peterson going to know how to use him, put him in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur know how to use him, put him in those right spots. And you got a guy, especially in Green Bay, like Devontae Adams to you know take, a, take so much attention, um, take so much of the defense's attention. Uh, that'd be a really interesting guy at the trade block. I at the trade deadline to, to get moved. I could definitely see that happening. Um, all right, let's move on to the one player that you're buying low on and the one player that you're selling high on as we enter into trade season. Buying low on Cooper Cup. Uh, he's been decent. Uh, he's been a little inconsistent. Had some a couple good games, but uh, for the most part, he's been. Um, not not quite what we were expecting going into the season. And I think he's just a big part of the Rams offense. And I think they're learning that more and more that they have to get Cooper Cup the ball to be successful. Uh, he really wasn't involved on uh, Sunday night against against the Niners in a game where it was actually winnable for the Rams and they didn't play particularly well. So I, I like Cooper Cup moving forward. I think McVay is going to figure out a way to to get Cup the ball. Uh, despite having so many mouths to feed there in that offense, I, I think they they need Cooper to uh, to really uh, get the offense back on track. So I, I like buying low there on Cooper, and then selling high um, Chase Claypool. And you know maybe this is an obvious one. I do think he's going to be a solid fantasy contributor, a solid guy not only in your lineups but also for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the rest of the season. But I, I think his value is is really at an all time high right now, or at least for this season. You would think it would be that way after last week, after his incredible performance, I guess two weeks ago, his incredible performance. But last week he came back, uh, had another big game, scored another touchdown, showed a little bit more reliability. And I think that kind of solidified his, solidified his value moving forward. So I think if you can get a receiver back for him and upgrade somewhere else and kind of trade him at, at, that, top, at that borderline wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two value right now, I think that'd be a good move for your team. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trade Claypool in any sort of dynasty or absolutely keeper league, no, 100%. In a in a redraft, absolutely, I would probably get rid of him. And that kind of leads into the guy who I want to buy in on, which is Juju. Um, he's been you know overshadowed by Chase Claypool. We know Deontay Johnson is going to come back at some point, and Juju's still not getting the work. Uh, I think he's going to come back. He's still only 23. He's still a wildly talented wide receiver. And then they remember this guy is a free agent at the end of the year. He's going to put his best stuff on tape and try to put up as many stats as possible. So I'm buying in big on Juju for the rest of the season. I'll be trying to buy him in as many leagues as possible. Um, another guy who I want to buy, I just want to mention this is Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz is out. Goddard's going to come off the IR. Obviously the Philly needs as many weapons as possible. And thus far this season, uh, Urs doesn't look good, and Goddard, when healthy, has looked like a tight end one. Um, so maybe not a lot of people will think about that, but that is a guy that I'm definitely targeting going forward. Uh, in terms of selling, uh, I got two this week. One is pretty obvious. He had his first breakout game of the year this year. A.J. Green hit eight catches against Indy. Get him off your <laughs> roster. Get whatever you can for A.J. Green right now because it's not going to end well. T. Higgins is better. Tyler Boyd is better. Green is old. He got targeted a lot in that game for whatever reason. Good matchup for him. Get him off your roster. If you can get a uh, running back two back for him, great. Uh, The other guy, and I love this guy. I have him on so many teams. Uh, But you know the injury is coming. You know that it's coming. It's Will Fuller. Mm. He's had two, two great weeks in a row, producing high. You know, when he's healthy, he's a he's a legitimate wide receiver one with Deshaun Watson throwing the ball and him being the top option. But we have four or five years at this point. We know what Will Fuller is. He's going to get injured. And I would try to extract as much value as you can right now after two great weeks as him being a wide receiver one. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I had to hold my breath for a second because when you said, you know, this guy's going to get hurt. I actually my first thought went to Gurley. And uh, and I really hope that's not the case. I knew he's battled some injury problems throughout his career, but he's not as injury prone as, as Will Fuller. Um, but I have Gurley in, in my leagues. I was in my main leagues. So I was really crossing my fingers. That wasn't the guy you're going to mention. But I also have Juju in my main league. And man, I'm really hoping he starts to bounce back. So I love the buy low pick. And I really hope you're, you're right about that one. Uh, I hope so too, because I have him in at least 70% of my league. So. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of need him to bounce back, but I, I'm a big believer in Juju. Um, not only now, but long term. I think he's wildly. Come talented, on, Juju, so. we need you. Um, we need you, guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to. We'll do a week seven. Who'd you rather? We're gonna do a gambling edition based on fantasy points. So we're gonna do a kind of the same format as last week, which was uh, individual game matchups uh, facing up guys who are playing the same position. So we'll start off with. Alvin Kamara, minus six and a half fantasy points versus Mike Davis. This one's tough because of that six and a half point spread. I, I still am going to go Alvin to cover. Um, I, I just think New Orleans coming off the bye, uh, they're going to have their way against Carolina, especially Alvin. Uh, Carolina's just been giving it up to the running backs all season, and I, I expect Alvin to have uh, have a really big game this, this week. I think Mike Davis will still have a good game. I think Carolina's going to be trailing, and he'll be effective in the passing game. But I think Alvin's got, you know, a couple touchdowns coming his way on Sunday. So I'm going to go Alvin here to cover the, the six and a half. 
I think that Alvin is a good bet in this scenario. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to be back, which theoretically should open things more up for Kamara. Uh, six and a half points, not really all that much, given everything that right. Kamara could do. Um, I also generally have a rule that you play your running backs against Carolina and you start tight ends versus Arizona. Hard and fast rule. I don't know how <laughs> how effective it will be going in the future, but for the last two years it's worked for me. So, yeah, I'll say Kamara here, and I'll say that Kamara ends with, let's go 22 points, and Davis ends with like 14. Okay. Alvin, big game. Mike Davis, still, uh, you're still getting pretty good production there too. I mean, he's been producing well into double yep. digits every game. I didn't think it would be unwise to predict otherwise until Christian McCaffrey I agree. comes back. But, yeah, I'm thinking a big game from Kamara. All right, let's move on to number two question. Uh, Terry McLaurin, minus one and a half fantasy points versus Amari Cooper. Uh, I'm going to take got? the favorite here, too. I'm going to take Terry. Uh, this one was also tough because Amari has been so consistent so far this season. Um, especially he got that late touchdown with Dalton and, and it looked like in the second half, him and him and Dalton really starting to find some find things. And maybe it was just garbage yardage and, or, or maybe there was a connection being developed there. Who knows? But because Dallas has been so poor in the secondary and, and just uh, wide receivers have been feasting in, in those games, I'm going to go Terry. I think he's in store for a big game. I can see Amari having a good game as well, but Washington has been stingier uh, uh, towards uh fantasy points for wide receivers. So uh, I'm going to go Terry here minus the one and a half. I'm actually going to go Amari here. Um, and I actually have both of these guys on two different leagues together. Uh, and I, there's something about Amari and I know I just shot on Dalton for about 20 <laughs> minutes and started a podcast, but uh, he looks like the only person that he has any sort of rapport with is Cooper. And he's been awesome this year. And McLaurin, you know, can you really trust – first of all, he hasn't really found the end zone. Second of all, he has Kyle Allen throwing the ball. I know he's playing Dallas defense, but I just don't – I don't know. I feel more comfortable with Cooper being able to find the end zone than McLaurin. That's kind of the tiebreaker for me. But as the point spread would suggest, that one is Well, you know, I, I think this one is interesting. I think it's probably that that uh, high floor, high ceiling or, or low floor, high ceiling. You know, I, I think uh, Amari has actually probably the, the highest – floor i guess um i think he's probably the safer pick but i think terry could probably blow up more than amari so it will be interesting to watch on sunday all right let's move on to the third one and i think this is probably my favorite game of the entire weekend uh russell wilson minus three and a half fantasy points at arizona versus kyler i'm gonna take kyler here i'm gonna take the underdog i'm gonna take the three and a half points uh kyler outscored russell in, in week four and five and um, it looks like Arizona might have found something, and Seattle has just been been dreadful on the defensive side of the ball and uh, given up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks per game. So I, I like Kyler to have a big game. I think Russell's also going to have a big game. I think it's probably going to be a shootout. But uh, I like Kyler uh, with the plus three and a half here. Uh, yeah, I'm probably with you on the Kyler one just because I think they're going to be playing from behind. And Seattle's defense has been really bad, especially on a yard for play basis. Uh, I think Kyler could cook. I I think that Seattle's going to end up winning the game, but I could see Kyler having a big fantasy day. Also, I I just like his rushing output more right. than I do Wilson's at this point. So I'll, I'll lean with Murray on that one too. All right, let's move on to our final segment of the podcast. 
your best bet for week seven and your fantasy breakout star for week seven. So best bet, I'm going to start uh, with that. And I'm going to go Green Bay on the road minus three and a half. And, and the Packer, or Packers are coming off that ugly, ugly loss to Tampa Bay. And Houston's coming off a game where they actually probably should have beat Tennessee. So I think the, the point spread, it might be a little... Uh, um, I think it's favoring the, the last week's uh, performances maybe a little bit too much. And, and I think Green Bay is still the better team. And I like them to go into Houston and, and win by a touchdown here. So I'm going to take Green Bay minus three and a half on the road. And then my fantasy breakout star for week seven. And I'm going to go up for a Thursday. I'm going to go uh, to a player tomorrow night on Thursday night. I'm going to go Evan Ingram against Philly. We all know Philly struggles so far throughout the, the first six games of the season. And Evan Ingram has just too much talent over there, too much athletic ability. And I, I think he's going to have his finally, finally have his breakout game of 2020. He's shown some flashes throughout his career. It's another guy who's had some uh, issues staying healthy and staying on the field. So far, he has been healthy. And I think tomorrow night in a, in a Thursday night contest where there's usually a lot of points, I like Evan Ingram to, to blow up. All right. Uh, I like the Green Bay pick. I am hopeful for the Ingram pick also because I have him on a team and I'm not sure who to start him or uh, Hayden Hurst. So maybe that pushes oh, me well, the edge towards Ingram. Some pressure now, some pressure. I hope, I hope, I hope that pans out now. Yeah. Uh, my best bet for week seven, uh, Monday night football Rams minus five and a half hosting the Chicago bears. Uh, I think it's a great spot for the Rams at home on the turf, uh, Chicago five and one, I assume the public's going to bet on Chicago. Um, looking good. Now they won a couple games straight. Rams just lost on Sunday Night Football, probably being undervalued. Rams are still a really good team. Just a bad matchup for them last week at San Francisco. Um, so I'm going to go Rams minus five and a half. And for the fantasy breakout star, I'm going to also keep it in L.A., although I'm going to move to the Sunday game. Uh, Justin Jackson, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think he's going to actually get more touches than Joshua Kelly. And against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think he's going to have a big game. Let's go for over 15 points for Justin Jackson um, in that Sunday match. I like it. I'm playing Joshua Kelly in my main league, so I'm cheering for Justin Jackson as hard as anyone uh, this week. I like it. All right, so that does it for our show this week. We will be back next Thursday. Uh, until then, go Dodgers, and uh, Michael, we'll talk to you later.